Uniform Eve. Welcome in. PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your fine programming. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. Man, oh man. Guy in the chat. Tomorrow's the day. New uniforms. Can't wait to see how they look. Cardinals are doing a nice job this week, Bo. Purposely, maybe not staying out of the headlines just to ramp up this uniform you know, anticipation, I feel like good for them. I mean, good for them. If that would, if that's what it takes, they need to pretend like they're unveiling new uniforms each and every week, but it is, it is uniform reveal Eve. And uh, we're hanging the piped stockings with care right above the fireplace. So we can just throw them immediately into the fireplace and for them to never return again, even though they'll be like T2 and Terminator 2 in return and become like a gelatinized, uh, I don't know, robot that's going to come and kill everybody. I don't know. But the good thing is that the Arizona Cardinals, within the next, what, 25 hours, are going to reveal for the first time in nearly two decades new uniforms. You love to see it. Yes, it's happening. Bo and I are going to be there, downtown Phoenix, presumably when they unveil them. And uh, I want to get this off my chest at the top of the show we don't know if they're doing a live stream um from the event this event looks like it's only open to media and and folks that have season tickets so maybe they're trying to make it exclusive and incentive to have season tickets i i think they should do a stream but you can get your info phnx cardinals on twitter if you're not following them bo brock johnny venerable bo make an educated guess pure speculation they're gonna live stream the event they're gonna live you think so yeah, they that's views. That's they're they're gonna get some numbies for themselves. Absolutely. They well, would I mean, be we're, tools we're not to take advantage of it. You think like they would make an announcement about that? I'm, they'll probably tweet out the proper links tomorrow. But like you said, I think that uh, obviously following your boys at Bo Brock and at Johnny Venerable and at PHNX underscore sports and Cardinals, those yeah. are gonna be your top source. Johnny, as tears are streaming down his face, he's gonna hit that send button on his Twitter, on his Twitter app, and you're gonna get your first glimpse of him. I'm sure as soon as they're as soon as the first player walks out, as soon as Chris Boyd, Cardinal special teamer, walks out in those new home uniforms, uh, Johnny's gonna snap a pic and he's gonna upload it to his Twitter app. And he's not going to have uh, his verification tag anymore. That's right. New uniforms mean <laughs> goodbye to my legacy check mark. You, you, I mean, who knows? Uh, you love to see it. New uniforms. We're going to talk more about that. But first, kicking off the show, um, is it? Are we eight days out from DeAndre Hopkins being traded, or, or nine days out on day two? I think that's a question that needs to be asked. And uh, on the day that Patrick Mahomes is what working out with that top receiver from Boston College, that is the quintessential top twenty player. Now you've got Von Miller going on, what was it, Pat McAfee? Basically saying, hey guys, sounds like we're going to get another top pass catcher alluding to Diop, DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, that's the team that has made the most sense all along. I feel like since Kansas City's dug their heels in, they don't want to do it. They're going to go with a, a draft pick. I don't know if that's finalized or not yet, Bo. But if you're Buffalo, you, you get DeAndre Hopkins with... Stefan Diggs, you've got the monkey on your back. Your passing game was broken against Cincinnati and our guy, Luana Rumo. Uh, I feel like pick what 96. Is that where it is? 91. That feels like there's some traction. There's some momentum. It's not the end all be all. I know everybody wanted a second, but I do think now Buffalo conversations probably have been had or being had that DeAndre Hopkins could go be 
become the newest member of the Buffalo Bills. We remember the video he did last week. Bryant McFadden, All Things Covered podcast. Thumbs up, Bo. Yeah, he said thumbs up to the Buffalo Bills. Wants to hang out and play in the same receiving core as Stephon Diggs. Catch passes from the newly single Josh Allen. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it would be a, a solid match. It would uh, certainly put the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, staying up with keeping up with the Joneses as far as the AFC arms race goes. The potential at some point, you know, Aaron Rodgers is wearing gang green is in that division as well. So you, you better have, you know, the best possible roster to compete not only with, for a conference championship, but also within your own division. So 27 yeah. is the first round pick, right? 59 second round pick, 91 third round 91. pick, 130 in the fourth round. You got the Cardinals fifth round pick for Cody Ford, my God. And then the round six pick, 205. You, know, you think could, 59 is dead? Do you think that's a dead dream right now? Round two? Um, it really just depends on how patient Monty Austin Ford wants to be. How long he wants to press these, you know, you hear a quarterback hungry teams, you're going to see some wide receiver hungry teams because of the lack of talent on the market this off season and the lack of talent in this draft. When you're going to be staring down, you know, are, are they going to take somebody like Jonathan Mingo, whose hype is out of this world, like late in the second round, or are they going to look at themselves and say, Hey, we'll, we'll figure something out financially. The contract still is the thing to figure out with any of these deals in Deandre Hopkins, but you know, can they figure it out financially? I think they'll take a DeAndre Hopkins over a second, third round wide receiver. I, I don't think 59 is, is completely out of, out of the question. I really don't. And if I'm, if I'm Monty Austin for it, I don't even know. I mean, you, you probably start there. You start with that as the base. And then if, if you start to move down to three, then it's three and maybe a five. I don't know. I think that that's, I think that that's not unrealistic. No, I, I think... 59 is probably the starting point. And listen, once upon a time, we all thought that the second round pick would be at minimum with what they would get. Now we're sitting here nine days away from round two, and it hasn't happened yet. So I think we all have to be realistic. The, the, the salary has presented a problem, right? But if you're Buffalo, I mean, they weren't big spenders in free agency. They've got some cap space left. And I, I do think that, you know, Gabriel Davis is a name to watch. I know, Bo, you don't like to entertain that. But in a contract year, Maybe you could figure something out where, okay, if you trade DeAndre Hopkins to Buffalo, you get back a third, maybe Gabriel Davis or whatever the combination it may be, they, mm-hmm. they'll need to free up a spot for DeAndre Hopkins. Do they can put we, him in the Can we provide what? context to our potential new viewers and listeners? And it's like not – I don't look at Gabriel Davis and think he's not good. He obviously shined in the playoffs, you know, a season removed ago. He didn't have – you know, there was high expectations, a lot of fantasy expectations for Gabriel Davis that he didn't meet. But right. he's a good player. He's a good receiver. He's in the final year of his contract. The sticking point that I have with Gabe Davis potentially coming over in a – D-hop deal uh, and when we had this conversation I think his I, I had a I was unaware of the the problems of DeAndre Hopkins market but Gabriel Davis final year of his deal and does it take away from the draft capital that you would receive in return I think that that that's what Monty Osfort can, needs to really dig in on is getting the best draft return possible it doesn't matter like a, a Decent wide receiver in a contract year, I don't really think does a whole lot for the Cardinals. I agree with that. And I also think you don't want him coming here. With, I'm going from a Super Bowl contender to a team that's clearly in, in rebuild mode. And as you know, folks in the chat, Rafa 30 point now, you got to pay Hollywood Brown at some point as well. So it's, 
you know, it, it begs the question, does Gabriel Davis even help the Cardinals in 2023? He makes the receiving core better. But if you're Buffalo and you look at Cincinnati, for instance, Bo, I mean, they go three deep at wide, wide receiver. They've got pass catchers everywhere. You're not paying Gabriel Davis that much this year. I would think it would make more sense for both parties just to make it exclusive to draft picks, exclusive to the fact that, okay, Gabriel Davis, Diop, and Stephon Diggs, albeit for maybe one year, let's mm-hmm. tr- you're, you're acquiring DeAndre Hopkins this year because you're trying to win the Super Bowl. So I don't think you're shipping Gabriel Davis back to make your receiving core less dynamic. I mean, I, I yeah. try to be as deep as I could at that position. So then it comes down to, okay, if you're Monty Austin Ford, at the end of the day, if if you're not in a position to accept a third-round pick and you're stuck on a second, then you better be comfortable going into camp and into the season with DeAndre Hopkins. You're not you're not going to be able to just say, hey, after the draft, we're, we're still open for business, guys. Yeah. Teams are going to talk themselves into the players they draft. We're gonna they're gonna want to see these young receivers run around and catch passes at OTAs and training camp. The the we have a window here. The window is from now until I believe next Friday night. And if DeAndre Hopkins isn't traded during that window, what we might as well fast forward to the trading deadline, Bo, because yeah. then it, then it closes. Well, or you know, a, a unfortunate injury to a wide receiver core, or just. Sure, a, a training camp is disastrous. That. You can't plan. Yeah, for absolutely that. not. Yeah, no doubt about it. But they they happen all the time, and it, you just then you start looking for other opportunities, and that's what this has been. This this market just like the the ground just kind of sinking beneath it the yeah. entire off season. Like this is the next checkpoint, right? The draft. Right. If you can't do it now, it's it's an even longer sludge to a potential DeAndre Hopkins trade, but who knows, maybe, you know, post draft uh, organizations start to kind of take inventory of what they have or what they don't have. And one of these teams, it's kind of been looming around because not the, the only, like that wasn't the only conversation that they had on the Pat McAfee show. I mean, Von Miller obviously made the headlines saying, you know, we're going to, we might be adding another big weapon. Right. And then Pac-Man Jones, who's uh, been considering himself a source this entire time to the DeAndre Hopkins rumors, um, he said that Baltimore is is very alive in this, right? And there was the reports that came out that Baltimore, Lamar Jackson told the Ravens that not only did he want Odell Beckham Jr. signed, he wanted a trade for DeAndre Hopkins before he would even start to negotiate with the Ravens. So to hear the Ravens are back in play, so you've got the you've got Buffalo, who I think you and I both agree, probably the leader in the clubhouse if a team's going to pull off a deal. And then you've got Baltimore, not a whole lot of draft capital left over, right? I think they have like five or six picks. They have a third. Buffalo. Uh, And then you've got, you know, Kansas City, who Albert Breer said in in one of his mailbag articles today that they could be one of those, just like he said, you know, the New York Jets could be a part because they lost out on OBJ. they they, They could always be somebody that emerges Nothing that says, you know, definitively that they're in on this, but they could be a team like, say, Zay Flowers goes way higher than they anticipated, and it doesn't matter that they met with the kid. He's wearing a different uniform, and they've got, they're staring down. You've got Travis Kelsey, another year older, and then you've got a wide receiver core that is pretty unproven as far as Kadarius Toney and, uh, and Sky Moore. You, you're, pr- you're probably going to have to figure out, you know, somebody who's more of a legitimate threat than those guys. Yeah, you have to make it out to be an arms race in the AFC with these teams pitting against each other for DeAndre Hopkins services. And, you know, the NFC is kind of its own dynamic. We 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 knew Dallas was interested significantly, and then the price tag was what it was, so they pivoted to Brandon Cooks. I don't really feel like 
maybe outside of the Giants who traded a third for, for Darren Waller. There's nobody in the NFC that makes a ton of sense. But you look at the AFC, it's these contending teams that are looking to make that next step. You know, I, I don't think Baltimore is the craziest scenario because somebody was pointing this out on Twitter. It's like, what's the likelihood that Lamar Jackson plays on this transition tag and doesn't have a long-term contract? Well, if he's going to do that, you might as well just say, okay, I'm going to go year-to-year Kirk Cousins style. You don't have guaranteed money after this year. Let's do this. Get me Hopkins. Get me you know, Odell Beckham, and I'm going to try to have a career year, and I'm going to mm-hmm. play under this transition tag. I don't think that's the craziest thing. It's unprecedented for the times we live in, but I think it makes sense on the surface. Lamar's like, okay, I don't need to sign a long-term deal. We can put that to bed. I'm going to show up to everything. Just get me D-hop, and wa- I'm going to put up you know, 50 total touchdowns or whatever it is. So I don't know. It just, I yeah. really do feel like if, if you ask my, my official prediction, I'll go on the record now. I think Hopkins gets traded for a third-round pick to an AFC contender. Like I, I'm not going to pick what a team. Know, There's Johnny? too many teams. That, no, I don't know. know. Tell us. I, I think, I think DeAndre Hopkins, Cardinals. You've seen the uniforms probably. I haven't. I no haven't. If I had seen the uniforms, I, I would I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding on all of that. Don't don't think that Johnny's holding out. He, he actually gives us a ton of information that you can't get anywhere else. Andrew Viney in the chat. I actually like this question, and it's a good one, uh, given what uh, Von Ooh, Miller said question. today. Is a trade already done, just like the Hollywood trade? In like – I, I don't know if he's he's joking and you know the Hollywood trade according to all parties involved was went down on draft night and then you heard later like that was I think Hollywood said something like in his introductory press conference like there was something they were playing close to the vest and remember he showed up at the draft party for the Cardinals that night so it's just like did you really just come up with this deal yeah I mean Von Miller was 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 pretty confident in what he was saying today. Great point, Andrew. And Ryan. and and they needed to kind of figure out, uh, you know, the the Hopkins thing is have they figured out as far as the financials on this? And I don't know what would would ha- have them wait at this point, you know, is, as it's eight days away, or if it's just something that they they will pull the trigger on come th- next Thursday. Joel four ninety nine super chat. Thank you so much, Joel, friend of the program. Um, kind of along that same line here with the super chat. Possible another Hollywood Brown type trade announcement that yeah. gets revealed tomorrow mm-hmm. at the uniform release, or is that a Kime type of thing? I don't think this team's acquiring players. I think this team's acquiring picks. Now, you know, to the, the earlier question of okay, could Hopkins be traded on draft night? It's already done, maybe. But I. Tomorrow feels like a Gannon night. Tomorrow feels like let's keep the attention on a new head coach. Yeah. We talked about on yesterday's pod, Bo. They don't have a lot of stars to sell right now. Your quarterback's on the mend. All these players could conceivably be flipped after a year. And so it's like you, we don't have our first-round pick yet to trot out there. I'm sure they'd love to do that. It's Gannon probably wearing a jersey. It's it's probably Hollywood <laughs> Brown. It's maybe Trey McBride. But I I think it's it's Gannon's night. With the fans, I guess. Yeah, I mean the jersey thing. What is he? An MLB manager? Is he? Is he some like some old dude wearing a uniform? Hopefully, he's not like you and I know he may not wear the jersey. The I'll put show. the jersey on. Throw me one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we got to get a PHNX Cardinals uh, new jersey. 100%. No doubt about it. But the uh, yeah, I it, it you have to take in consideration that. A DeAndre Hopkins deal is still going to be polarizing to this fan base. Like they're 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 Cardinals. So? Ca- I feel like we're, we're they're past Cardinals that point. Casuals out there that are not going to understand 
what's going as far as the rebuild there's still people that are just shaking their fists at clouds and yelling uh and screaming that this team is doing nothing even though it's 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 transparent that they're they're rebuilding they're tearing everything down and and it's going to be uh, it's going to be re- it's not going to be received as is something to be celebrated right so as far as yeah. what tomorrow is tomorrow is hey we're going to pull our head out of the sand for two hours and we're going to pretend everything's peachy and we're going to unveil these. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to just do our little wave and we're going to pretend everything's good. There's no, you know, allegations or horrible accusations if levied against this organization and its owner and that they're staring down a probably a losing season. They're going to there. It's going to be one night for two hours. It's going to be, uh, the celebrating new uniforms. There's going to be an embargo on sorrow, on sorrow tomorrow, and, and and bad feelings. We haven't had enough good times this off season. Like we had a good time during the coaching search, the GM search, when we weren't you know shitting a brick over Sean Payton, and we <laughs> celebrated an Who? external GM. We don't talk about him. An yeah. external GM and a new head coach that wasn't Vance Joseph. We got to celebrate those days, and then we've pro- basically had to pump the brakes for two months. And we get to we get to have a good time with all of you tomorrow, and I cannot wait. We've got pre and post game shows tomorrow, four o'clock regular show, and then we're gonna run back to the studio unless we have something sooner and do another show uh, to break down the uniform announcement. Um, I, your boy Jody Ayler on Twitter brought up a good tweet that I hadn't seen yet, basically suggesting could the Cardinals go from thirty four to twenty seven in exchange for D hop and then also get maybe like a future fourth or fifth round pick. Mm. What do you, what do you think about that? I, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but you get two players on five-year contracts, right? And you know, if you're Buffalo, it's like, well, we're still going to get a top 40 pick or a top 35 pick. I don't hate that. It's the first time I've seen somebody phrase it like that. Maybe you have to get creative right now, Bo. Maybe you have to get creative with Buffalo and some of these teams like, okay, you're not going to pay as much for a first rounder taking Diop's money, let's let's do some swapping. I haven't even considered swapping him forever, swapping picks in the second, swapping picks in the first. Is, is that something that you would applaud? Yeah, I mean, to, to get creative and for Monty Awesome for it to, to come up, I think it would be a win over just simply saying, we'll take your fourth round pick and you take on DeAndre Hopkins' contract and you get right. you know whatever's left in the tank as far as his ability on the field. Um, yeah, I mean... It, it's it's moving up the draft board and I don't think it's completely conceding and it's it's better than like the Allen Robinson deal where it's just like a seventh round pick swap and it's and right. I think it would be more value than uh to, to be able like you said the the fifth year so you get the option year in the first getting a first rounder another first rounder and you you would get the ability to uh get you know have a better selection of players than you would at 34. So you'd be taking, yeah. you know, the the third pick in the second round and you'd be trading back into the back into the first round. Just pulled up the draft the mock draft simulator and I took the bills here and I'm looking at the players that are on the board and you're looking at like a Brian Breesy potentially, the interior defensive lineman from Clemson, Anton Harrison, a tackle from Oklahoma impressive will mcdonald who's had a top 30 visit i know we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes uh from iowa state an edge rusher uh you know do, do you want to start working on that wide receiver room flip that turn it into a jordan addison at a usc uh, just to, those are the caliber of players that you're going to have that in you know less than 10 picks aren't going to be there when you're picking at 34 still a good opportunity to pick a good player no doubt about it but 
you know, at the back end of the first round, I think that that's added value to Monty Austin Fort's draft. And I also think it would be easier to trade up with a D-op trade if you were also guaranteed to have more picks from a trade down. We're going to be talking about what's available for the Arizona Cardinals at pick three. But first, I'm going to tell you what's available right now. How about free monies at BetMGM Sportsbook? <laughs> BetMGM Sportsbook, your premier sportsbook, State Farm Stadium, BetMGM Sportsbook. You're going to find us there every single game day this fall. And if you're like, well, do me one better. What about right now? Join us for BetMGM Sportsbook Suns Away Watch Parties coming up ASAP. Uh, we've got our precious Phoenix Suns getting the W last night. They're going to travel to L.A. We're going to travel to BetMGM to watch. Come party with us. Watch parties presented by Neutral are going to feature food and drink specials, PHNX giveaways, hopefully some fresh teas. So many awesome PHNX Suns t-shirts that are available right now that you could potentially get at the giveaway. BetMGM deposit matches. Hello. Join us by grabbing your free ticket in the show notes. Bo, we... Uh, had an opportunity to visit BetMGM Sportsbook not too long ago. I was impressed. I'm going to be real with everybody. With the selection, I was impressed with the convenience and the pricing. So if you haven't checked it out and you say, well, I haven't dabbled over there. I haven't been by the Cardinal Stadium. Maybe not good juju right now. Let us <laughs> kind of subverge a lot of your concerns and say BetMGM Sportsbook is your premier place and your premier app, by the way. If you haven't signed up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app, use bonus code PHNX. Few different offers depending on where you live, but for our AZ crowd, you're going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Super simple. Here's how it works you download the BetMGM app, sign up with bonus code PHNX, place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price, and you're going to receive $10 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure you're using that sweet, sweet bonus code of PHNX when you sign up. And now you get to listen to my degenerate gambling friend, Shano, talk about it in the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. You want to get a taste of what's going on at the BetMGM uh, Sportsbook out there at State Farm Stadium. Join our friends over at PHNX Suns. While we're at the uniform unveiling tomorrow, they're going to be doing their watch party for Game 3. It's going down at 6 p.m. It's uh, presented by our friends over at Neutral, of course, a delicious vodka seltzer. Check out the PHNX Suns watch party tomorrow. You can watch Johnny and myself on your phone on PHNX. It's just an absolutely loaded day tomorrow here on PHNX Sports. Make sure you're subscribed, especially on YouTube and wherever you find podcasts. And then a week from tomorrow, we're at Four Peaks. We're hanging at Four Peaks for our PHNX Cardinals draft party. Join us at Four Peaks. As Johnny has said multiple times, if you come wearing some PHNX locker swag, I've got the Sun shirt on today. Johnny's got the old Seth beer, the hardest hit Cerveza in the big league. No relation to Seth beer whatsoever. No relationship to Seth beer, absolutely not. But it is a Cerveza shirt. That's also a D-bag shirt, which is a great Great uh, PHNX locker special. Get over to our draft party. Show us you're wearing some PHNX gear, and we're going to buy you a beer. And then, yes. you know, we're not breaking the bank because they got $3 Redberg loggers 
pints all night. Also, $5 Redbird Lager pitchers. That's the better deal right there. Get in there. Also enjoy PHNX specials, $3 kit lifters, the Wow Pints. The best place to take in the NFL draft a week from tomorrow is Four Peaks with PHNX Sports at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Register for free. We're going to have a link in the show notes. Uh, and you got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy it responsibly. Cannot wait for that. I can't believe we're only eight days away. Let's talk about the draft. The Arizona Cardinals have almost concluded, Bo, their top 30 picks or excuse me, visits, uh, you get 30 visits ahead of the draft. So everybody after the combine, they get together in what, the seven weeks leading up for the draft, they go to pro days, but then they meet with players individually. They do informal or formal visits. They have to report to the NFL and the Arizona Cardinals, Bo, you tweeted out, what are they, about 26 visits in? Well, that have been reported, you know, they, they might have completed it because today was the last day for top 30 visits. So yeah. as of after today, uh, unless you see maybe some leaks and some reports, uh, it, it's it's all done as far as that goes. But, you know, we can start to kind of look at it as we have basically most of the pieces of the puzzle put together through various reports. Uh, we can start with the offensive side of the things, maybe some of the playmakers that yeah. we're not going in any particular order in which we think the Cardinals need to take these guys, but they talked to a pair of running backs, Tank Bigsby from Auburn, Kendry Miller out of TCU, and then the wide receiver, you got Jackson Smith, Jigba out of Ohio State, Quentin Johnston from TCU, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, and Charlie Jones from Purdue. So those are your skill position players. Anything tell you about the, wh- who they talk to as far as those guys go, Johnny? Well, they're all big and physical, uh, and that's what you like to see. And they all play for big boy programs this year, with all due respect. I mean, TCU, national championship game. Auburn, you know, defensively wasn't much to write home about, but Tank was a phenomenal player in the SEC. Jacob, can we see that list one more time? And then you look at the receivers. Quentin Johnson, I think, is the best receiver in this class. A lot of people are high on Jackson out of Ohio State. That's fine, too. Mingo is one of the fastest risers in the entire NFL draft. I expect him to be a firm top 50 pick. And Charlie Jones, you know, he's not my cup of tea. I don't, I'm not a Big Ten bias, but... I would go with the three names above Charlie Jones before I would take Charlie Jones. But I, I think those are all sweet spot for the wideouts in particular. Are interesting because we just mentioned a trade up from 34 to 27. Like Cardinals got to kind of be living in that area if they want one of these wideouts. If not, you're not going to expect them, assuming that if they don't trade down, somebody is going to be available when they have a third round pick. Now, I do think both running backs are options, you know, late day, day two, early day three. So, Nothing early. We're not going to pull the trigger on any of those guys early on, Bo, but I yeah. I do like the diversity that I see in that group. They're checking boxes for me. I know people yeah. like Charlie Jones, Ralph. I'm not saying he's not a good player. Charlie Jones, kind of a journeyman during his college career, played, uh, finished at Purdue, started at University of Buffalo, went to University of Iowa. He's not young. So if you're looking at like a project in the late rounds. Uh, I've had my fix uh, on Purdue wideouts. Can we yeah, just say he's, that? Yeah, he's six foot. That? I don't know. I'm just, I don't know why they utilized, they wanted to get to know him. Um, but let's, let's move on. We'll stay here with the offense. Uh, this, yeah. this was, this is, I think the mo- most important part of the top 30 visits is the offensive line. You look Bingo. at these tackles that they talk to in it's a, uh, as far as this tackle class, kind of some big names, Paris Johnson, Jr. Probably outside of Skaronsky, the top tackle in this draft. Then you've got Darnell Wright, 
who people have said is, is primarily a right tackle, did some great work in the SEC, especially taking on a guy like Will Anderson Jr., had some nice reps against uh, Jalen Carter. And then you've got Oklahoma's Anton Harrison, Broderick Jones out of Georgia, Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. Now, if you watch his tape, you probably know that he's more of a project, more of a day three guy. And then center, Juice Scruggs out of Penn State. And then guard, some big old just hog mollies here. Steve Avila out of TCU. El Manning out of Hawaii. You can play some multiple spots on the offensive line. And then Braden Daniels out of Utah. I like all those players. One more time, <laughs> Jacob, if we could. I, I, I'm Check me off on all those guys. At whenever they're supposed to be taken, the tackles to me, at least the top three guys I feel like are first-round locks. The next two I think are in that next tier. Scruggs is a day-two pick. Avila is my draft crush. You look at big number 79 right there. Can slide perfectly into left guard for the next decade for this franchise. Um, you can take it off now, Jacob. Skaronsky, you mentioned. Um they did meet with him at the combine. Uh, mm-hmm. However, since then, a lot of teams have come out and basically said, yeah, he's a guard. And he's going to go probably in that sweet spot of where the Cardinals aren't going to have a pick. I mean, just Skaronsky's a player I think the Cardinals want and would like to have on their team, but the stars are not aligning, in my opinion, for him to be an Arizona Cardinal. Yeah. I think that the positional value is not there, right? We talk about positional value with this group, and then we, f- we factor in like Skaronsky – where he's going to be taken, I, I think he's going to fall out of the top 10. I think he's going to be like mid-teens. That feels about right. I mean, you look at like Zach Martin, some of these guys, they're they're mid-teens. Ryan Kelly, these these elite interior offensive linemen, outside of Quentin Nelson, which he is not on that level in terms of pre-draft, I, I think he's going to be a mid-teens guy. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be picking there. So I, Paris Johnson Jr., you know me, one of my top options if the Cardinals are able to trade down. I love him at 7. I love him at 11. I think he's got tremendous feet, and I think he's got the size and the collegiate pedigree to take over for DJ Humphreys in 2024. He's got the answer He does. He's a, he's like a he's like a. I think he's going to age very well in the NFL. And I I watched him at Ohio State. I watched a lot of Ohio State football. And I listen. He had a couple bad games against what the kid Lucas Van Next. That's okay. Yeah. These kids are not. These aren't perfect prospects. But in a trade down scenario, I think there's a lot to like there. Uh, now, people asking questions about some, you know, big time prospects and, and why they're not here. As far as top thirty visits go, these are these are prospects that they bring in. They can have a more intimate setting to where they can they can pretty much all ask any questions they want. You know, work them out, do whatever they want during these visits, right? While they're at their facility, it doesn't mean they didn't talk to these guys. As Johnny mentioned, right. guys, they talk to at the combine. There's so many different times. Like you can talk to kids at Senior Bowl. You can talk to them at their pro days. And the Arizona Cardinals have talked to. So way more than these prospects, but these top 30 visits, these are the visits where you can really get to know a prospect. And this, it's, we're just kind of breaking down and ca- trying to le- read the tea leaves of, of what type of prospects first year general manager, Monty Austin is eyeing here in the draft. A lot of times you see these top 30 visits and they don't match up with the team's eventual draft board. It, it, it rarely comes to fruition that they, that they pick a lot of these guys, but it's yep. exciting that this front office Monty Austin for an assistant general manager, Dave Sears are doing such extensive homework on offensive linemen that they know once they're going to have their salary cap, a, a large percent of it, eat, percentage of it eaten up by your quarterback. You've got to have offensive linemen that are drafted, developed and at a reasonable price because you can't go out there and have to overpay on the free agent market 
for you know an, a, a guard or a tackle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Justin Pugh was a great player for the Cardinals, and he's like best case scenario. And what were they asking him to do the last two years? They asked him to take yeah. pay cuts, right? They had to beg Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson was retired. They had to beg him to come out of retirement. They don't want to be living that life anymore. They also don't want to be starting with all due respect, late round picks and undrafted guys in the months of November and December. This has never been a plus unit for this franchise outside of like the late seventies with Conrad Dobler and Dan Deardorff, right? When's the last time the Cardinals have had a great offensive line? Lomas Brown before Mike Ayupati was their last pro bowler. Both yeah. those guys came from other teams, right? The Cardinals need to get back. And I say, get back, get with it and say, okay, we're going to draft and develop and prioritize premium positions like offensive line. And I think Steve Keim tried the first draft pick he ever had, and then he got cold feet after the fact. Yeah, he, he, Snake bitten. Jonathan Cooper, yeah, Jonathan Cooper busted, and I don't blame that on Steve Keim. Jonathan Cooper was kicking ass in that training camp and in the preseason, and the last series of the preseason in 2013, in game three, he broke his leg, broke his ankle. Yeah, he was, it was never brutal, the same player. Brutal break. Yeah, uh, so I, I, I think Monty... I don't think he'll be snake bitten. I, I think they're going to take a bunch of swings because the Cardinals need everything up front. There's not a player on their offensive line with all due respect that should be locked in for the next three to five years. They're all year to year, in my opinion. Yeah, let's continue here taking a look at the Cardinals reported top 30 prospects. Moving on to the defensive side of the football, maybe the front seven. That's another spot when we talk about the trenches for the Arizona Cardinals, a place of uh, that they have to upgrade. Now, they didn't have, they didn't as far as utilizing top 30 visits, we didn't have any reports of some interior defensive linemen. And when we hear reports coming out of the organization, Johnny, I know you've heard this that they're not impressed by this class. Maybe the interior defensive line is, is where they feel like this class falls short in, in, compared to you know previous drafts and in future drafts. They, they're certainly looking at the edge. Tyree Wilson they had in, Nolan Smith they had in today, Will McDonald yeah. out of Iowa State, and Byron Young out of Tennessee. Those are guys that are coming off the edge for you. And then uh, you got a stand-up kind of off-ball linebacker and or on the ball linebacker and Demario De, Demarvian Overshone out of Texas yeah. is a very impressive ac- athlete, uh, but you don't see any beef there. That they did use, you know, some virtual visits with guys like Mozzie Smith, Ian Rappaport confirmed those reports. So they are still looking at some interior defensive linemen, but they just didn't use one of their top thirties on it. It's not it's not a great class for that position, that being defensive tackle. And again, if Jalen Carter hadn't. I don't want to say imploded off the field, but had concerns off the field. I, I think they would have to weigh trading down versus taking him. And I don't think he's an option for them. So yeah. I, I do think that an early down, early round pass rusher, like the guys we just saw on the screen, I, you know, Tyree Wilson, Nolan Smith are the only realistic options early, early, early. I think we're going to see maybe a strategy that the Cardinals took three years ago where you take a couple flyers on some defensive tackles on day three, and maybe you hit on a guy, maybe you don't. Rashad Lawrence, Leckie Foto, try to get some bodies in there, hopefully from from some capable power five schools. But unless somebody falls to you, like Amazi Smith, the problem, though, is some of these defensive linemen, these D tackles, these five and three techniques are going to be overdrafted because of the position value and the fact that there's a steep drop off. I mean, in our little novice mock drafts that we do every Tuesday, check them out. It's like, how often are there a bunch of robust defensive tackle prospects? There just aren't. Yeah. But every time we get to the top of another round, there are corners. There are edge rushers, right? So you have to play 
I think to this draft strength, and I think they will. But then day three, you know, everything's on the table. So yeah. if you had to ask me right now, I think we feel like we've got a pretty good grasp of what they're going to do early in the draft. Edge rusher, yeah. corner, tackle. Yeah. Hans shot first asking about John Michael Schmitz. They met with him at the combine. Uh, great point by Rafa D line thin. And that's why Jalen Carter's off the field issues became such a big deal for this draft. Uh, and then another really good point or just question is Rick James uh, saying they really didn't meet with Will Anderson Jr. So I think that the thing on Will Anderson Jr., if you, if you look at his visits, he really didn't meet with, with anybody, he met with two he met teams. Him at the combine in three teams, actually, we've got. Uh, so we had some insight today about Will Anderson. He was meeting with the Seahawks. Tom Pelissaro yeah. of NFL Network saying Alabama edge Will Anderson Jr. was visiting the Seahawks today on the last day of top thirties. Anderson, of course, one of the best and cleanest prospects of twenty twenty three. Seattle, of course, fifth overall, two picks behind the Cardinals uh, in the final day of visits. You know. The thing where Paris Pelosaurus is cleanest, I mean, I think a lot of these top 30 visits are, are utilized to clean up any of the noise and, and really get a good idea. If you don't have a good idea of who these prospects are, we know so much about Will Anderson Jr. He was a top prospect coming out of high school. He was a high profile guy at Alabama. He kind of answered the bell for every single one of those steps along this process. So as far as guys they needed to get to know, they wanted to utilize 30 uh, 30 of these on other prospects because I, I think the Arizona Cardinals have a really good feeling of who Will Anderson Jr. is, good or 100%. bad if they draft him. 100%. I think he checks all the boxes for them in terms of the person, and I think that these visits are are trying to get down to who who are these people, what kind of character do they have. And you just yeah, make a phone call to Nick Saban or any anybody who's been around Will Anderson. He's an elite human being. I mean, like he did not have to work out at the Combine. You, he could have sat back and collected his checks – subsequently um, because of what happened with Jalen Carter and said, Nope, it's all, it's all on me. What do you go? What do you go do? He went and worked out at the combine. Didn't, didn't have to, right. Worked out with linebackers, right. To even put himself in a more vulnerable position. I I think he, again, I don't think he's going to be the pick for the Cardinals. I think they're going to end up trading down, but I don't, I don't think the Cardinals felt an urgency to meet with them because they didn't have to. I think there's, there's, there's most of these visits are contingency plans on Drafting a player outside of three, seven, 10, 11, wherever they trade down, and then, you know, second and third round guys that could conceivably fall. Uh, yeah. They're not using a top 30 visit on a guy who probably doesn't have a top 100 grade. Right. And, and, you know, Jalen Carter is, it's a, it's a different story. It's like, so they talked to him at the combine, I believe, when he right. returned after he, he turned himself in after the warrant came out, he was arrested. Um, and then he came back and and did interviews. He didn't work out. Um, Jalen Carter, like that, I think that's a sign pointing to that. They're not interested in in drafting Jalen Carter. No, no. Because don't you think they would, they would want to learn as as much as possible. And Carter, of course, uh, you know, his agent didn't want him to do these top 30 visits outside of the top 10. And most like every team we pointed out yesterday, According to Adam Schefter, from five to ten, had had Jalen Carter in, and the Arizona Cardinals were like, "Thanks, but no thanks." Uh, I'm not breaking news here, but you you know there's a strong possibility that Jalen Carter's agent called the Arizona Cardinals and said, "Hey, do you want to you want to hook up? You want to meet?" They met at the combine, but the yeah. way it's situated, the combine is Cardinals have a room, and they they just bring draft prospects into the room, and they get yeah. five to ten minutes, and they work the whiteboard, they talk to them, they level set. 
Cardinals were at Georgia's pro day too. But guess who looked out of shape at Georgia's pro day? Jalen Carter was overweight. So why would they then turn around and say, you know what? Too many red flags. Hey, he He's a tremendous transcendent blue chip player. He's the best right. overall player in this draft. But he is everything they do not want to be off the field. Everything that they have told us over the course of character and clean slate, all this other garbage we're trying to get rid of with this franchise for all the wrong pro- – I mean, he, fair or not, Jalen to some degree represents a lot of that. And if this was Bruce Aarons and Steve Kime and they had the credibility and the clout and they had a losing season but they felt like they could take a lottery ticket, I mean, there are franchises who can roll the dice on Jalen Carter and survive him being a bust. That's not Monty Osford and Jonathan Gannon right now. They they need a cornerstone, lock-solid player and person, emphasis on person, to bring in and be a culture setter. We, we talk about this every day, Bill. Who is going to be left on this roster in 2024? We don't know the answer to that. If anybody's telling you, well, Ertz will be around and Connor and Hollywood Brown, right. you know, we think Kyler Murray and, and DJ Humphreys is in the uniform tees. You don't know if any of those players, Buda Baker, right. they could all be gone, right? This pick is going to be on the team. You want Jalen Carter being that lone savant for, yeah, guys, I'm going to take on the leadership role. He, no, Nothing that he's done proves to you unequivocally he, is, he can be that guy, and right. that's why they won't take him. He immediately would become an, another polarizing figure, figure in this organization. I mean, right. you need somebody that when you un, you reveal your your uniforms tomorrow, a week from right. tomorrow, that you take off the board, you turn the card in, and Goodell reads the name. Yeah, they want to go get that brand new Cardinals jersey immediately. And I think a guy like Jalen Carter, because of what's alleged, what he's already pleaded to, uh, as far as the, the case. Um, I, I don't think people want to, him to represent and wear the Cardinals uniform. I mean, there, there's people that look at the tape and they fall in love with the tape. But this, organiza- yeah. th- this organization has put themselves in a situation where it's more than just getting the best player available. You, you need to start to get some guys that people want to cheer on. Um, let's well, look- I think yeah. real quick, think about, I mean, the bobblehead that's behind me, that's yeah. still a part of very much what the Cardinals try to do. J.J. Watt represented everything the Cardinals wanted, but he was just – you know, past his prime to some extent. Like they didn't get the peak years. They they wanted JJ Watt type of player to wrap their arms around. Not having to go back to the number 99 well, Bo Brock, of putting JJ Watt on their social media. He doesn't play for the Cardinals anymore. Get some players that exemplify what you want to be on and off the field. Right. And that's not Jalen Carter. That's not. Let's wrap up this uh, top 30 visit discussion with kind of one of the more surprising uh, parts from this, just how thin the defensive secondary group is that they reportedly talked to Garrett Williams. You got to like him out of Syracuse. Yeah. Catrell Clark out of Louisville. I know Ryan Fowler actually put a tweet out there from the draft network today, just identifying both of those players as some really good, valuable picks in day two, day three of the draft. And then the safety, no, just because they talked to safeties does not mean Buda Baker is on his way out of town. Jamie Robinson out of uh, Florida state and Daniel Scott out of Cal. Uh, it's just pretty thin, but you have to look at their virtual visits. You have to look at their combine discussions. They've talked to plenty of cornerbacks. It's really going to be interesting come day two and day three, or you know, is it their their first pick off the board playing a cornerback position? You know, I'm I'm a little bit surprised, honestly. They didn't meet post combine, post pro day with Witherspoon or Gonzalez. That does surprise me a little bit. Well, I mean, David Blau is, is Gonzalez's brother-in-law. Any any question they have about Gonzalez, he can answer it. That's yeah, totally fair. I just it feels like 
we have a group now of about four or five guys that they could take in the top five to 12. And outside of Will Anderson Jr., who gets the gold standard treatment, I want to talk to Witherspoon. I want to talk to Gonzalez. I want to make sure I feel really good about my situation. Gonzalez, this guy had his own set of adversity, right? Transferred, you know, had one great year in college football. Witherspoon played, you know, in Champaign, Illinois. It's a small, you know, operation compared to a lot of these other franchises. I just, I would feel a little bit better about that, but that's not to say, I mean, you watch the tape. They're both elite. They're both firm top, top 10 prospects. And I also think Gannon thrives making corners and safeties. And I, I think I, I quote tweeted PFF today, basically saying scouts are saying Christian Gonzalez is like the ideal future CB one. And while I think Gannon would love that opportunity to work with Christian Gonzalez, you put up the kid from Syracuse. I also think he'd love to take a kid from Syracuse and work with him and, and get that kind of caliber player at pick 34, or maybe, maybe later in the second round. If I had to rank my, if you had to rank your hierarchy, I'm going to ask you first. Rate okay. your hierarchy in positions that they that you think they are going to prioritize with the first pick. If you had to put them in a group, so we're assuming it's going to be tackle, edge, and corner. Put them in order for me. Uh, I would say edge because it's so thin as far as the defensive front seven. Uh, get some pass rush help out there. It will help the back end of this, the defensive secondary. Um, if there was a tackle worthy of it, I think that they, they would probably prioritize offensive line, but I don't think that there is as far as the pick criteria that you put in here. Um, so probably defensive secondary and then, and then offensive uh, offensive line. I think that th- those are the premium positions that you're going to look at like edge tackle corner. Yeah, I would agree with that just because there, there are two firm top 10 corners and then there's a bunch of kind of, Fringe top 10, early teens tackles. Um, so I, I do think Ty, Tyree Wilson, if you had to ask me today, I think there's a good chance he becomes an Arizona Cardinal, either at three or in a trade down. I just I just feel like yeah. they they we they have been attached to him since the combine. That's what we've heard. They love his size. They love his ability to play multiple positions on the defensive line. And I, I think they want to kickstart this rebuild with a line of scrimmage player. And as much as I love these corners, I mean, you generate pressure, and that helps your secondary, whomever's back there. Uh, but they got, you know, see, work with our boy EB. You can work with our friends at Burrito Express. Burrito Express, right now, I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite burrito in all of the Valley. I came here. I was a little green, no pun intended, to the to the burrito scene. I had my first breakfast burrito from Burrito Express, and I'm going to tell you right, it's the only one I'll eat now. I won't go anywhere else <laughs> other than Burrito Express. They've got so many different unique options and multiple Valley locations, especially their hotspot in Tempe. It's my favorite place. If I'm driving up to 347 out of Maricopa, out of the Copa, I'm going to Tempe. I'm going to Burrito Express. Grab a burrito and follow them on Twitter. They're a great follow, at Burrito EXP for Express. Go get yourself one today. No better, no bad time in the day to get a burrito ball. Yeah, Burrito Express, one of the most electric Twitter accounts on the app. Uh, he doesn't. He, he's he's not a big Kyler guy. I'll I'll, I'll kind of I'll, I'll tell you that first. But yeah. other than that, great follow. Big Arizona Valley sports fan. Check him out for his uh, his as I burp because I had a burrito express burrito for lunch and uh, and it was great to taste again and then also the sports takes as well. Uh, Arizona Cardinals unveiling their new uniform tomorrow. 
they're going to have a third overall pick or another first round pick, maybe more on a week from tomorrow. And their future is going to be so bright. They're going to need some shady rays to put on uh, because it's that bright. And you need some shady rays as we go into sunny season here in the Valley of the Sun. Obviously you want uh, gear built to last and shady rays is exactly that. And we're giving an exclusive offer to our listeners here. Shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com. Use the code PHNX. Get 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Not just Johnny and myself, the PHNX crew. 250,000 people have tried Shady Rays, and they're speaking up and saying these are legit. I'll tell you what, the uh, I, the Folkleys I have in my truck that weren't Folkleys that I paid full price for them are just collecting dust. I paid top dollar for these, and they don't touch the quality of these shady rays that I have these uh, the other ones that rhyme with the uh, Bay Rands. They're not as nice as these shady rays that I have in my hand. These are fantastic. Uh, and you got to get a pair for yourself. You can get 50% off doing that using the code PHNX at shadyrays.com. Johnny, uh, we were sent, I think you were part of this, some cool designs yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals uniforms. Producer Jacobs putting them together. We'll get to them in just a minute. Yeah. Uh, but just talk about the uniforms uniforms. And then before we get out of here, we hope the Arizona Cardinals don't fumble the third pick like the San Francisco 49ers have fumbled. Oh the yeah. Third let's, pick. Start, let's touch on that real you quick. You want to touch on that real quick, even though yeah. Jacob was under the gun and he, he, he got to it. We have the uniform thing, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, listen, if I can make fun of Trey Lance and the absolutely, Niners, I'm going to well, do the that Niners is an organization. Right. It's unbelievable that they can win in spite of fumbling the third overall pick and trading up for it just a couple drafts ago. This is what came out today. Ian Rappaport tweeting out that the San Francisco 49ers have uh, been receiving calls. This is sources. The 49ers have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential trade for former number three pick quarterback Trey Lance. Conversations have been the result of San Francisco fielding the calls, not making them with teams aware that Brock Purdy is likely the future starter coming off elbow surgery. Johnny, I'm adding to that. Can you imagine if the San Francisco 49ers parting ways with as much draft capital as they did to trade up to get Trey Lance and then cutting the cord after four starts, only four career starts, and he could be sent packing between now and the NFL draft? Well, here, here, here's what you got to read between the lines with this. Number one, they know he can't play. Like, that's obvious. You can't – like he, at, at his best, he's an average starter. I think they know that behind closed doors. I know for a fact they thought he was a better athlete. They thought he'd be able to run around Kyler style, Lamar style, Jalen Hurts style, and figure out the throwing thing. That he hasn't been able to do that. He's not a great runner, right? And so what would you say you do here to put <laughs> off the space? What do you do well, Trey Lance? You, your completion percentage isn't good. You've got a good arm. But you're not a dynamic athlete. So that's number one. They know that he's not a tra- – that they, they fumbled the pick. But they built up so much clout and credibility, they can withstand it, right? Just like like they're a team that could withstand Jalen Carter busting. Like they have they have the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the reputation. The, the yeah, resume. the infrastructure as right. far as the rest of the sure. roster. They've earned that. They got George Kittle in the fucking fifth round. They got, you know, Warner in the third round. They know what they're doing. Cardinals got to get on that level. They know Trey Lance can't play. So they're probably putting this – hey, we're getting calls – I would say you get probably a second or third round pick for Trey Lance. So that's, I mean, that's 30 cents on the dollar considering what they paid. But I think the funniest aspect of this is that, yes, we've seen him play and play well. Okay. 
but I'll be on a loaded team. What was the main reason why nobody wanted them to take Mac Jones? Because he was limited. He had a ceiling, right? Well, Brock Purdy and Mac Jones, in my opinion, under Kyle Shanahan, very much the same player. Purdy can move a little bit, but you drafted Trey Lance and traded up for Trey Lance because you thought unequivocally, if we make this guy, like he has top five to seven quarterback traits that you can't coach. The pocket mobility, the arm strength, right? The ability to make plays on the run. Like Purdy is cousins. Purdy's is Mac Jones. So that to me is just it's it's laughable. They're gonna benefit if Purdy comes back from the fact they're not paying him any money. But like basically Kyle Shanahan traded all these resources, right? For a player, in my opinion, mega bust, then got a guy who's like a Kirk Cousins player, albeit now coming off an injury, that's basically gonna be their starter. So that you know, good for them. How is Brock Purdy gonna do? At well, when some of these guys age out, Debo Samuel, how well is he going to age given his, you know, physicality? You know, your boy, uh, the running back, McCaffrey, Kittle, <laughs> these guys are fi- like, I get why they made the move for Trey Lance. They just, they, they picked the wrong player. He's a mega bust. Yeah. And you love to see it. I and mean, there, there's not a whole lot. Like the right now, the Niners, I think a lot of people can admit organizationally a wagon, but when they just completely drop the ball, as far as trading up in, in a pretty decent quarterback class and, and swung and missed on, on Trey Lance, and they were able to tell relative to, to football four games worth. Of, I think he saw a time in nine games overall. They were able to tell this guy, he just ain't it. Um, all right, let's get to these uniform concepts as we're just uh, hours away from the Arizona Cardinals unveiling new uniforms for the first time in nearly two decades. Uh, Dylan Richards, big thanks to Dylan Richards sent this to us. Our friend Cardinals update also at the same time, sent us the same one. Uh, Cause I think people like them, Johnny, this is from W design. This is um, says my prediction for the new Arizona Cardinals uniforms based on the rumors around them. Part three home and away jerseys. What do you think, Johnny? These are basically carbon copy Ohio state uniforms That's fine. outside That's fine. of the numbers. I think the number text or font is a little bit different, but I like them. I do. I would say this is probably very put the pieces together of what we know. We know definitively the helmet's going to have sparkles in it. What does that look like? Go look up the Ohio State helmet. What does it have on it? Sparkles on it. The white helmet or the grayish white helmet mm-hmm. with sparkles on it. And I didn't love that that look or the look of the 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 sound of that when I heard it. I'm like, what are they going to do? And now it makes total sense. We have momentum now. I believe for I I I'll go on the record. I think this is what they're going to look like. I, I think now that we've got information, we're piecing it together. No yellow or minimal yellow. Arizona underneath. The, the fact that they're trying to keep it clean so they age well. I have heard that. That they want to make sure that they're not fumbling this the next 10 to 15 years. I And they want to emulate a program th- that has immense style. And Ohio State does it right. I, I think this is a smart decision. Should this be their uniform? And I think even if you've got some lean years... These uniforms, I think, will age incredibly well. I don't love piping at all. Get that the fuck out of here. I wanted yellow. I wanted risk-taking. They're not doing that. I'm okay. I I didn't even know we had these. This was going to be based on what I'm hearing, what my prediction was. Clean, minimal, uh, you know, noise. Red is the dominant color. No yellow. And then now you start to put the pieces together with the helmet. I, I think that's what's happening. 
this is those uniforms. They are like I I can't deny it's Pam Beasley, the Office meme, where she's looking at the picture and she I was you have to spot the difference. There is none uh, between the Cardinals, you know, concept and the Ohio State uniform. I I mean I I would be shocked if they have like the gray line on the white jersey, just like the Ohio State ones. But here's one thing to take in consideration as well. Where's the new head coach from? Ohio. Cleveland, right. He's from Ohio. I'm sure he's signing off on them wearing the old scarlet and gray. Now, Ohio State has, if you go look up their uniforms, they have piping down the the legs, the the uh, the pants. Oh, is that and the difference? I've heard, <laughs> I've heard mixed messaging on the pants. Um, the pants I've heard could be all red. They could be white again. I don't have anything on the pants. But the jersey, there's no Ohio State's jersey. There's no piping on it. Uh, I'm I'm okay with this. I listen. I'm more than okay. Not, I really like those. I don't yeah, care if sure. it's complete. Just stealing from. Oh yeah, rip them off. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of the more traditional. I know friends of Big Blue or or fans of Big Blue in Michigan aren't going to exactly like if they have to root for a team that looks like their most hated rival in college sports. But it's not. There's probably more Ohio transplants in the valley than there are Michigan anyway. Does that mean we take CJ Stroud according to Agent 47? <laughs> I think maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. is 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 more I'm, I'm definitely on board. It, look, if it's if you start a string of Ohio State players, you take Paris Johnson Jr., uh you, you take a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., absolutely. Dubai the- nine, the the person who put those out there um had the Cardinals with red pants. So that's kind of the difference. That's the difference, I think, is the pants at home I've heard. I don't have this devil source are going to be fully red. And then on the road, they're going to be a different color. So uh, piping, no piping. The jersey that you will go buy, though, I think is going to look like that. Let's see it one more time, Jacob. Feel pretty good about this prediction, Bo? You think this is this is what I we do. got? Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Odegaard being our main source of insight on this. You know, Arizona is supposed to replace. Right now, they have Cardinals on the front. This one has Arizona, uh, no state flag. To our dismay, I think it's something that a lot of people wanted to see. But why do you think they're gray instead of instead of yellow on the on the away jersey? Do you think? Uh, because it's a complete ripoff of Ohio. No, I have no idea. I have no what's idea gray about the Cardinal bird and the, what they do. They, they don't really have any gray. There are gray Cardinals. I've seen them with my own own eyes. Uh, but no, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've seen that multiple places though. That they're using the gray, but I think that's just people taking what Ohio State does and and what you know the Cardinals could potentially do come tomorrow. Well, if you have silver in your face mask and you've got silver specs, then that can be grayish silver, and that would match. And again, like we we couldn't when we first heard about the helmets, like we we feel good. The helmets are they have speckles on them, and they, it's silver gray face mask. We feel really good about that. So it's like okay, well, where else is that color coming into play? And if you look at the helmet that they have now, it's like they have gray on right. their face. Mask. So maybe maybe that plays a part in it, but. I'm just so glad these new uniforms are going to be dead and buried. Or these old uniforms are dead and buried. <laughs> I'm so sick of looking at those. Um, and listen, we're going to get alternative versions. They're going to have a. I've heard they're going to have a black version as well as their alternate. So who, who else has a black alternate? Ohio State, right? Mm. So maybe it's just it's just easy for them. It's sometimes it's easy and smart to copy what works instead of doing what doesn't work. This is not the Seahawks. 
circle, what was it, 2012, 2013, that just completely went out of left field and they said, we don't care, we have the Legion of Boom, we're going to get crazy with our colors. I would have been embraced the chaos, but they're they're going traditional and clean, and I like it. Yeah, I, I agree. The cleanliness of these uniforms, it's it's... It's awesome. I think that the Arizona Cardinals, this would be a home run. If it's any, if they, if they resemble these at all, uh, it would be a big dub for this, for this team. Probably the first one of the off season post hiring Monty and, and Jonathan Gannon. And we might have to wait a good long while for another win, but you're winning every <laughs> no, single we don't. day. What well, we? outside of the draft, I mean, in a, on the field win. How about that? Does tomorrow uh, does tomorrow start to uh, uh, maybe like a, a boulder rolling down a hill momentum style healing, for maybe some positive region. news around this organization? Yes and no. I think as long as the Michael Bidwell stuff stays in the news cycle with McDonough, I, that's that's going to always kind of be the one that you got to kind of cover up with the curtain. But the I would see thing on that is is depend the NFL's got to make the next move depending right. on what the NFL if the NFL is going to explore anything investigate are they going to listen to arbitration on that because otherwise you're just seeing uh, mudslinging from from McDonough and some other former employees. Han shot first. Johnny get to hang with us next week in person. That's a huge one. Hell yeah, brother! It is a huge win. If you have not done so already, RSVP. We have plenty of space over at Four Peaks in Tempe for our uh, draft party. We cannot wait. Can't wait for you guys to go to gophnx.com, become a diehard, pick up your free T-shirt, and thus get a free drink on Bo and I at the draft party. Promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. A reminder, tomorrow, not one, we believe, two shows, <laughs> one at 4 p.m., post-game show, following the release. Haven't had a post-game show emergency pod in a hot minute. Uh, make sure you're following at Bo Brock, at Johnny Venerable, at PHNX underscore Cardinals. We're bringing producer Shane with us out to the event. We've been credentialed. We will be yep. there, feet on the ground, to Stay give pick. you in our best opportunity the closest look you can see to these new uniforms as well. Maybe Jonathan Gannon gives us some fun, interesting insight. We don't know what players will be there. Maybe Buda Baker shows up. Probably yeah. not, but maybe. Uh, but we'll be there. You guys, in the meantime, like and subscribe. Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcast. Bo and I have been known to dabble in the audio-only space. So go wherever, wherever you get your podcast, find this right here, click the check mark, <laughs> follow, so you do not miss a GD thing. And tomorrow is, is a big day, Bo Brock. That's right. It is uniform reveal eve. Make sure you put uh, Four Peaks beer out for Uniform Santa, who's arriving tonight, which is Johnny. Uh, <laughs> and he will consume it as he puts new uniforms. I will not break your, into your house. Your Christmas tree. Have a great day, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow, not once but twice, as Johnny said, PHNX Cardinals. Have a great rest of your night.